www.ghostofthebridge.org. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Welcome to the uh, start of the weekend as well. Take a look at what's going to happen in these markets today. Obviously, the, the big announcement with EPA and, and E15. We've got the wheat versus corn out there, palm oil, palm oil that is, a higher cash, uh, China purchases. Those rumors came true when it came to China. On the livestock side, we've got some higher cash cattle being talked about. We'll also look at what's happening when it comes to crop. Uh, advancement and some blessings when we got rain in some areas now unfortunately some producers got more rain than they wanted but anytime you get moisture as one guy told me it's a good thing we're going to get all the details today with mike zuzalo mike is with global commodity analytics and mike we got to start out talking about the announcement coming um from the epa this emergency waiver for 2022 uh you look at this summer sales it's in place for e15 what does this mean for our industry and and the way the market's traded today yeah i think the epa announcement is definitely i think a boost to the spread susan i think the bigger thing that came out following this epa announcement because my understanding is the epa is going to be reviewed and analyzed and put up again for renewal about every 30 days, and so we're not sure how long it'll last, but that was somewhat mitigated by the fact that eight governors in the Midwest came in and wrote a letter to EPA asking for a, a requesting a permanent waiver for year-round sales of E15. So I think that really helps us in terms of maybe having this longer-lasting effect on a stronger cash basis, a stronger demand play where you are in a commercial elevator situation that is an ethanol refiner, in a situation where, as I said, the bull spread is very, very crucial now, along with what you said in the intro with the Chinese corn sales. So all of a sudden now, at the end of this week, and I think this helps explain why the the wheat bowls went running for the shelter uh, at the end of the week, was the corn bowls are feeling pretty good right now on the demand side because not only do we have better domestic uh, potential on demand, but now we also have China in for U.S. corn. And that was a real boon on Thursday and really, I think, separated um, the wheat, so to speak, from the chaff and the corn bowl from the wheat bowl. Well, I think there was, a, there was a lot of excitement that was building just in the initial talks about we might see this waiver go in place and, and what it would mean for the industry. And in an industry that we have seen a lot of struggles this spring, it's nice to see something positive happening on a Friday. It really is, and I think this is what surprised me the most about EPA, was that they moved so quickly. Here we are just on the doorstep of May 1st, and my understanding from what the last thing we had heard from in Washington was it was going to be somewhere around June 1st. So they pulled this up, it seems to me, a full month early, and I think that gives you the idea of how tense the situation this energy price inflation is getting, and that they really want to tamp, they being Washington, wants to tamp this down before the summer driving season. And that would be good for summer grilling season, too, because this is one of the things that I worry about, especially after the really poor GDP number that came out this week, and that is, does somebody's unleaded gas bill or diesel fuel bill get sucked up to where they can't buy the cut of meat that they want and they move back in terms of taste and preference, and they put that to the side, and they go more on the economic and utility side. And I think we're in a real such serious situation of having to see that this summer during the grilling season and the driving season. You would like to think that the pressure from the eight Midwest states had some factor on the EPA. When you've got both sides of the aisles agreeing on something, it's nice to see it happen. 
Yes, it is, and I think it you know it helps the idea that maybe there's going to be more that the, both sides of the aisle work on as the summer progresses. Unfortunately, we do have some summer shutdowns and some recesses that the Congress goes through. I just hope that this is the beginning of a string of, of some real uh, legislation that passes that, that suits both the, the Midwest and the coasts the east and west coast as well. Well, Taka, you mentioned it here just a moment ago about China. We'd heard rumors all week that they were in to make some purchases. Nice to see that solidified and have some truth to the rumor. Yes, and this is where it goes back to, and I can't be all uh, price-friendly on China right now, Susan, because we are seeing a real hit to their economy because of their COVID policy, and that had a lot to do with, uh, I think, why the stock market gave up and probably pressured the livestock markets on Friday. But I really think China probably had to deal with the situation of seeing an E15 mandate come in and a South American crop in corn that was starting to get clipped in terms of their safrina crop in two of their biggest growing provinces, the the, uh, province of Goyas and the province of Mato Grosso. Um, By some accounts, the precipitation has been down in the month of April by 70% in some parts of both of those provinces. And so the USDA just came out this month with the 116 Brazilian corn crop. That was up 2 million tons versus March. I think it could be down around 110, 111, maybe even 109, depending upon what the weather gives us the next two weeks. And I think some people might be surprised at the the extent of this of Chinese lockdown is and, and how it's affecting not only the, the fur, food procurement for them, but just life in general. One of the Asian people that I follow, he runs about $50 billion. I don't know him. I just follow him in the news. He runs about $50 billion just out of Asia. And he's the biggest private equity investor in Asia. He put in quotes with one of the big newspapers this week that I subscribe to that he thinks the Chinese economy is at its worst shape in 30 years. He thinks the sentiment towards the Chinese stock market is also the worst in 30 years, and that the popular discontent in China is the worst in its highest point in 30 years. You combine that with some private forecasts taking Chinese GDP down below 4%, you really got to keep an eye on China, and you can't get too bullish on the agriculture commodities if the demand side starts to weaken too fast. And it's, and it's a hit that we're going to see you know, just in purchases maybe from China if that lockdown continues. I think you're exactly right. And so we've got the tale of two extremes. We've got this going on on the demand side with our biggest buyer on the import front. And then you've got wheat conditions that are at 27% good to excellent. Last year at this time, they were in the 40s. They were at 49% last year at this time. And it's not just hard red wheat. It's soft red as well. Illinois' good to excellent this week was 40%. It was 71% a year ago. So we've got real extreme supply issues still. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids has always been about building relationships with our customers. Here's Mark Glow, a dealer from Wood River, Nebraska. Best part of Fontenelle is the people, but most importantly, working with the customers that we enjoy working with and building relationships. The most rewarding part of being a dealer is seeing our products perform every year with a wide range of farming practices and the ever-changing weather. For more, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label sales. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing the conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics. And you talked a little bit about wheat and where we're seeing condition ratings at this point. And I wonder, is there the wheat versus corn? Are we going to see this struggle this spring? I think we are. And it's not going to be good for corn historically, Susan, because wheat can become a weight 
to the corn. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on a wheat-led market to the upside as we go through the May crop report because I do think these crop conditions in a variety of states, and I'm almost up to a dozen states at this point, that are really not looking like they should. And I really wonder if USDA's 49 bushel yield for all wheat for this coming year is even close. I think it really could be below 45 because some of the years we've had these kind of crop conditions, it's been hard to get much over 40. So I don't think we've written the final chapter in the wheat, but if the trade does get negative wheat, it can come back and hurt the corn eventually. So that puts you more on a timeline to get your hedges in place. I just did another 10% slug um, in the 21 corn today on Friday uh, on cash sales, and I did another 10% slug on new crop just because of the way the wheat's looking, and then I'll reevaluate everything as we get closer to that crop report. And, of course, uh, exciting numbers that I think the June crop report is, is weighs more than what we see any of the other months. Yeah, the acreage numbers are going to be so important, and you're going to have to start dialing down that 181 national corn yield if we can't get caught up. I was looking before we went on air where we were a year ago, like on May 3rd of 2021, and we were already at 46% planted in in early May of 21. We were at 48% planted on May 2nd of 2020. So we got a lot of catching up to do. We can do it, but we got to get it done pretty soon now. So what's your thoughts on palm oil? Well, my thoughts on palm oil is that soybeans were kind of locked into their own little happy place this week. They they had their own gains thanks to the Indonesian palm oil ban, which included that crude palm oil. We had a new all-time high in the mercantile soy oil complex. That allowed us to get a new all-time low in the meal versus the oil ratio. So if you're a chicken or pork feeder, I think the meal is really a good spot to be in right now to be watching for locking in third quarter and maybe even fourth quarter needs because this palm oil's been bought and the meal's been sold. All right, on the livestock front of everything, uh, obviously the, the grain markets continue to take a hold into what we've seen. How do you see that filtering over to the way we've seen both cattle and hogs trade? Well, the idea that we had talked about, I think, the last time we'd been together was, was that pork really was going to lead the cattle. We needed to have a good, strong hog market. We had that for most of the month of March. Now April has been a lot tougher to deal with, especially since the April hogs went off the board. I think you're getting more on on a base price and a supportive price in the hogs. So I look better at the cattle once we get into mid-May, get into more of the seasonal. I looked at all the big shopping uh, centers and all the big uh, grocery stores this week and the ads, and we're not featuring enough beef. We're featuring a lot of pork and a lot of chicken, which isn't surprising. But I want to see that movement really kick in here and, and see the hogs find a supportive mindset, Susan, and that, that gives the fat cattle a chance to move. The other thing to watch out for, I think, is if the feeder cattle find a, a, maybe another 2 to $3 lower price action, and we see a lot more rain coming into the plains, we might see the cash feeder cattle get a little bit hotter, and that may be a place to get into the long position side on the futures in anticipation of the cash heating up later in the year. Which I find funny that we haven't seen the push of beef and just proteins in general because we've got Mother's Day coming up a, a week from uh, this Sunday, and that's one of the biggest grilling days of the of the summer. It really is, and I noticed one store in particular, a very large chain in the Kansas City, St. Joe area, of the 10 cuts that they featured, six were pork cuts, three were chicken, and then the last thing they had was a bacon-wrapped sirloin for $9 a pound. It just doesn't sound very appealing to me, i got to be honest. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. What are you seeing when it comes, and we talked about this on the front half with, with China and their lockdown. 
how do you see this affecting the livestock and, and the proteins and the, and the things that they would purchase from us? Yeah, this is where it, it's going to be a lot harder on the demand side because China, if they continue this lockdown mindset, they'll go into a recession, they'll have joblessness, and that joblessness along with the COVID uh, lockdowns could really prevent them from getting their own crops planted and taking care of their own hog herds. And so for me as an analyst, I've got to really get serious about doing more drill down as much as I can about what's happening in China, whether this is going to be a really tough demand issue for them, and therefore they have to import more of our ag commodities, or whether, as I said in the first part, if they go below 4% growth, they have mass unemployment, and all of a sudden you don't have anybody going out and shopping and eating out. So it's a really tough call right now in China. It just makes me feel more and more like if I don't know what my crop size is, and I don't know what my demand is, but we're at $8 corn, I need to get some puts bought. If we're at $15 beans, I need to get some puts bought, because there's way too much uncertainty we haven't even discussed russia and ukraine yeah no kidding uh what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you mike globalcomresearch.com is the best way that's globalcom with two m's research.com please sign up for a three-month trial and see if we can help you and a real quick plug you'll be able to see mike along with sam hudson on the nebraska soybean board weekly market roundup on our social media pages tomorrow morning and that's been today's fontanelle final bell where commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors the fontanelle final bell being brought to you by fontanelle hybrids and all your local dealers on the rural radio network